Okay. Now the reason why we watch the abdomen during vipassana instead of the nostrils. Well, first of all, anapanasati doesn't require that you look at the nostrils. Anyone who insists that anapanasati is focusing on the nostrils is really being incredibly dogmatic because there's no reason why the nostril is any more uh, appropriate as a meditation object than the stomach. This is one thing. Now the the, <clears throat> the qualifier here is that it seems to be that the Buddha was suggesting that we focus on the nostril, the parimukhaṃ. Parimukhaṃ means around the mouth. Some people have said, no, parimukhaṃ means to the front. Parimukhaṃ satting upadapetva. He, he sets up mindfulness either around the mouth, parimukhaṃ, or at the front. Puts mindfulness as the front. Because parimukha, mukha means uh, front, or here the door. It has many meanings, but parimukha, well, we don't know exactly what this word means. It's not used very often in the Tipitaka. But, sure, it could very well mean that the Buddha said, focus on, focus on the area around the mouth, the front of the face. And then by extension, people think it means the nose. It actually obviously doesn't mean the nose. So to say the Buddha taught the nostrils is actually incorrect. He said, focus around the mouth. He may have said, or he may have just said, put mindfulness to the fore, to the front, which many people translated as meaning. I believe that's what the, how the con commentary understands it. Even if the Buddha had said, focus on your nostrils, uh, or, or he, in this case, idabikave bhikkhu, here, O monks, a monk does this, doesn't mean that that's the only way or there's something special about the nose or there's something special about the mouth. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with focusing on the abdomen. I've had people say to me, oh yes, focusing on the abdomen is not the Buddhist teaching. Such a ridiculous comment. The, the, and over and over, in fact, the majority of Sri Lankan people have been brainwashed into thinking this by monks who have come to agree that yes the Buddha didn't teach focusing on the abdomen. Focusing on the abdomen is not the Buddha's teaching. It is in fact a part of the Buddha's teaching quite explicitly. The Buddha does talk about uh, the abdomen as uh, a meditation object. Uh, the, the, the rising and falling of the abdomen is mentioned in the Tipitaka. But regardless, this shows incredible... If someone, this is not what you're saying, but if some, for those people who say that this, uh, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, and I'm not... I really, I, you know, it doesn't change my opinion of these people. They're great. Many of them are great people. But it shows great ignorance, willful ignorance, of the Buddha's teaching. Because what is the abdomen? It's kaya nupasana, or it's the rupa khanda, it's the dukkha satcha, 
It's many, 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 many parts. It's, it's very much a core of the Buddha's teaching. How could you say the rising and falling of the abdomen is not the Buddha's teaching and watching it is not the Buddha's teaching? This monk was trying to explain this to me and, he's, and I said, look, have you never heard of the, the contemplation of the four elements? And he said, what do you mean the four? I said, why odatu? You don't know? And he said, oh, well, if you focus on it as why odatu, then yes, it's a part of the Buddha's teaching. I said, well, what else would, you, would it be? It's why odatu. It's, it's, sorry, I'm using Pali words. It's the, uh, it's the air element. In this case, the, the pressure uh, element. That part of, of the physical, that is the experience of the pressure. You feel the pressure in the stomach. So this is, this is I think, not exactly what you're asking, but it's important to understand. The actual reason, as I understand it, why Mahasi Sayadaw and not even Mahasi Sayada, but why his teacher and the teachers that were uh, advocating this at the time that Mahasi Sayada went to practice meditation is actually a really trivial point, um, but but important in a in a country like Burma. I'm not saying this is the only reason to focus on the stomach because I'll, I'll actually point out where the Buddha talked about. Um, focusing on the stomach but uh, it, the, the point is, is a bit trivial but it, it's important in, as I said in a place like Burma the point is Anapanasati in the Visuddhimagga is called Samatha meditation Anapanasati is not considered a part of Vipassana meditation so if one wants to begin by practicing anapanasati, one then has to transfer over to mindfulness of the four datus, according to the Visuddhimagga, which makes perfect sense. It may not be, well, some people totally disagree with it, but it, it's perfectly plausible explanation that focusing on the breath, anapanasati, the in-breaths and the out-breaths, anna and panna, or... or uh, however it's translated, the mindfulness of the in and out breathing is actually mindfulness of a concept because nothing's going in. Your experience of the, of the reality is, uh, is not of the anything going in and coming out. Your experience is the sensation at the nose, the sensation on your lip, the sensation in your chest, the sensation at your stomach. That's the ultimate reality. If you're just focusing on the breath, uh, you're focusing on a concept. And so really Anapanasati is, is focusing on the in-breaths and out-breaths and that's, that's conceptual. When you say in one, out one, in two, out two, or even just counting one, one, two, two, or one, two, and so on. You're focusing on something that doesn't exist. You're focusing on an aspect of the experience that is conceptual. Nothing's going in or out, not in your experience anyway. Your experience, as I said, is of the sensations. So it's called Samatha meditation, and that seems quite reasonable to me. That being so, and considering that in, in the Visuddhimagga, I believe it talks about focusing on the nostrils 
uh, in as being anapanasati or one example of anapanasati. There are actually other examples. Um, they didn't want to use that as the object of vipassana meditation, even though clearly the sensations here can be the su the subject of meditation or the object of vipassana meditation. They thought, and this is what Mahasi actually says. He says. If I, t if I teach this, people will think I'm teaching samatha meditation. So the monks in Burma would say, well, yeah, Anapanasati, he's teaching samatha. So it was actually uh, contrary to the argument that people pose nowadays. So the Mahasi said to focus on the stomach, and people say it's not the Buddha's teaching, they say it's samatha, they say many, many different things. But the reason for focusing on the stomach is because that clearly is the vayodatu, the air element, uh, the experience of something becoming stiff and then becoming flaccid. It's, it's an ultimate reality, it's impermanent, it's unsatisfying or unsatisfiable or, or, or suffering or however you want to translate it, and it's uncontrollable. You will see these three things as you focus on it perfectly clearly. And this is why people don't like it. See, the truth of why people don't want to focus on the abdomen is because it's not fun. You know, anapanasati clearly can be samatha. It's very anyone who says it's vipassana only is is totally wrong, because when you focus on the nostril, when you focus on the breath going in and out, it's wonderful. You feel peaceful. You feel happy, and ah, I have a break. No, it's samatha meditation. Good, great, happiness. But it's not vipassana, not as most people practice it. When you focus on the abdomen, you don't get that. It's not comfortable. For most people, it's quite unpleasant. You feel you know, stressful. You find yourself forcing, you know, the the breath. You're trying to make it smooth. You're trying to make it constant. It's not constant. Sometimes it disappears. Oh, how frustrating! But this is reality, and this is showing us our inability to accept reality, which is what, no, totally the purpose of vipassana. So anyone who can overcome these views, and so many Bud Buddhists have these views and have been given these views by their teachers and so on, you can overcome it and actually just practice it and, and try it. You'll be amazed. And this is why it's so great teaching people who have no clue about Buddhism, because they say, okay, I'll try it. And they go, wow, this works. And then they learn about all the different techniques and they say, well, that's fine, I've got mine and it works. But that's really the reason. And it's, it's, it's a trivial, I, th I think what I mean is that the, the, the exact reason is pretty trivial. I mean, we don't have that problem. We don't have a bunch of monks saying, oh, don't focus on the nose, that's samatha. You won't get that. But the point is clear, that if you focus on the nose, uh, no, not necessarily. If, if you focus, if you practice anapanasati, you will generally tend to follow the breath. And not only follow the breath, you'll tend to fall into states of calm and tranquility. You'll be focused on this experience of the breath. And you'll fall into calm and tranquility. If you can go beyond that and come to see the impermanence and so on, and eventually focus on the reality of the experience, which is the sensation at the nostrils of, of the heat and the cold and so on, then it certainly can be vipassana. But uh, when you focus on, on one point, whether it be the nostril or it be 
the stomach and you're clear about watching the experience and you're no longer focusing on the breath um, then vipassana becomes quite clear so I think my favorite answer to this question that's really I think should answer the question but my favorite answer is to say that well focusing on the abdomen is anapanasati no, what what is it if it's not mindfulness of breathing? But the point is, it's only one kind of mindfulness of breathing. It's the kind which is focusing on the ultimate reality of breathing, which is the five aggregates. When you watch the stomach, there are the five aggregates. There is the rupa aggregate, which is vayodatu. There may even be the fire aggregate, if you feel heat or cold. Uh, this is rupa datu, rupa kanda. Vedana khanda, you'll feel unpleasant sometimes, pleasant sometimes, you'll feel a neutral sensation sometimes. Sanya khanda, you will be aware this is rising, this is falling, you'll recognize it for what it is. Sankara khanda, sometimes you're judging it, knowing this is long, this is short, this is good, this is bad, liking it and disliking it. And vinyana khanda, vinyana khanda is the mind which goes to know the rising you'll see the five aggregates. Once you look at them, you'll see the five aggregates as being impermanent, unsatisfying, and uncontrollable, which is totally clear from the very outset. Anyone who has any doubt about the rising and falling has to be asked this question. Are you not seeing impermanent suffering and non-self? Because it's impossible that you should look at the abdomen for even a short time and not see these three things. And therefore it's perfectly... It, incredibly, you know, it, it's undeniable that by doing this you're going to see the truth of life. That's our reason for watching the abdomen. It's an incredibly useful object for seeing things clearly, even though it may not lead to states of peace and calm. So, for those people who want the states of peace and calm, by all means it's a wonderful thing. If you have the time, do it. Take the time to um, develop calm as well. You might even get magical powers, be able to read people's minds, remember past lives and so on. Great. But in the end, you have to switch on the insight lens and focus on the feeling at the nose, or the feeling at the stomach or so on. Okay. So I hope that gives a fairly comprehensive answer to this popular question, one that's asked quite often by a diverse um, range of, of, of people.